Hey, I'm Kevin, the student pastor at Shore Church again. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To find out more about us or what's going on at the church, head on over to scog.com or download the app. Hope you enjoy the message. We are concluding a series called Filter This Morning, in which we've been looking at the ways in which uh, we take in the world, the ways in which we interact with the world. What kind of filter are we operating through? Really kind of pressed into the idea of camera filters. Don't know if you've ever used a camera filter before, but this little thing here, it protects the camera. Uh, it protects the lens because these cost like 30 to 40 bucks. The camera lens can cost a couple hundred dollars, so it's worth the investment, right? And so it protects the camera lenses. It also can change the, the brightness or the harshness of the light coming in. It can do all kinds of different things to change the, what inputs are coming into the camera so that you get the picture that you're hoping for. When we look at our filter, I want our filter to be that of whatever's coming out of us and what we're consuming in us is the kingdom of God. What does that look like? Because I've really been struggling with and really going around the idea of am I living for the kingdom of me or the kingdom of God? Even though I call myself a Christian, even though I've been trying to live a Christian life, even though I've been, I come to church every Sunday, even though I read my Bible and I do all this stuff, I check a bunch of boxes, but am I really living for a kingdom of me or the kingdom of God? That's a hard question. If you actually slow down enough to go, I don't know if I like the answer. We're just going to, we're going to gloss over that real quick, right? That's what we like to do when we come across a a question that we don't like. I'm uh, in that moment. Uh, Bowen had a come to Jesus meeting this week with his, with his father and his mother at the same time. You know it's bad if it's both of us at the same time, right? And really, it's because he's, he's a smart kid, and he reads the first two sentences. None of you have ever struggled with your children or yourself doing this. He reads the first two words in a problem, and he's like, oh, I know the answer, and he writes it down, except he didn't read the whole question. We do this all the time in the way in which we live our lives. We, we jump to the end, like, oh, I know this one, I know this one, I know this one. We do that is because it's all about us and about our time and about how we want to operate and not consuming what's all going on here at this moment. We're a here and now kind of culture. Like there's a big thing, and I, I try to do this as well uh, in, in preaching, is that if you have a point, it needs to be tweetable. You know you have a good point to put on the screen if it's tweetable. Uh, that just means it's got to be real short and pithy and easy to remember, right? But we, we do that. Like everything has to be tweetable or Facebook worthy or uh, Instagram worthy or whatever. It's got to be real, real, if I can put it on a t-shirt, then we're good. But there's no context for that. There's no developing the thought. There's nothing, what's really going on? It's just, that sounded cute. It can be painted on a wall. Live, love, whatever. You know, whatever. What does that even mean? I have no idea. It's a sticker that goes on our walls, right? We do this all the time, though. When we don't build the filters in which to, how do we intake stuff, news, the scripture, our friends, our family, all the things that are coming in. How do we intake that? How do we filter through it? How do we strain the stuff that's coming into us? But also, how are we straining the stuff that's going 
out of us. And so we've built these filters um, of truth out of Romans 12. We've built three different filters. Now these all screw onto each other, and this is wonderful. It doesn't work well for my little picture that's going to be on the screen later in the service um, because then you couldn't see them. But there's three different filters. It's truth and love and help. And if we're going to be in the kingdom of God, if we're going to be operating out of that, these are the filters in which our actions need to be filtered through. Is it helpful? Is it loving? And is it true? Because if it's, some of us, we like to err in one of these spots. I love to be helpful, but I don't tell the truth <laughs> or I'm really condescending when I'm talking to you. But I love to be helpful. I love to be loving. Ah, I love, I love, 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 love. I'll lie out my, the side of my face, but I'm, I'm loving. Like we, we, we take and give and take one or two of these filters and don't jump all the way into it. And then the problem is, or what the kingdom of God is, is where all three of these filters align. And it goes and shows us, this is what we are when we're loving and helpful and right and true all at the same time. That's where the kingdom of God resides. How we know we're living in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a very, it's a Christianese type word. It's this, what does that actually mean? It's a very general term and very specific all at the same time. Now, I know I contradicted myself, but that's what the kingdom of God is. It's an interesting thing. We will be in the kingdom of heaven. And when we go to heaven, we'll be part of the kingdom of God, but we can be part of the kingdom of God here and now in the way in which we live our lives. That's a very big distinctive. I remember the Sunday school lesson I was in the first time someone said, yeah, you can be part of the kingdom of God now. I was like, no, I can't. I was indignant. I was also 15. I think that's permanent indignity. Um, but I was like, no, 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 that's heaven. He's like, no, no, no. I remember who this teacher was, Steve Byes, dad. He looked at me like, what's your problem? And I was like, no, I can't be this. And he's a high school biology teacher. And he just looked at me, only high school biology teachers. What's your problem? Uh, and he's like, no, 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 it can't be part of the kingdom of God. That's only heaven. No, we can be part of the kingdom of God now. And you start thinking about that and it starts have ramifications for your life. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean I'm supposed to do this stuff now? This is a revelation for a 15-year-old. Maybe it's a revelation for you. Being a Christ follower, being part of the kingdom of God is not just something that we can hope for in the future, but it's something that we are a part of now and expected to be part of now. Romans 12 uh, verse 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and kingdom and uh, good and pleasing and perfect will. What's God's will? To be a part of the kingdom of God. I'm going to like, you know, cut out the middleman there. You don't have to worry about it. To, to be a part of the kingdom of God is who he is calling us to be. What's his will? To be a part of the kingdom of God. But I wanted to know if he wanted me to take this job. What explores, enables you to be empowered enough to be the most effective for the kingdom of God possible. If you have a big life question that you need to ask, should I marry this person? Should I be with this person? Should I do this job? Should I invest in this? Should I move here? Should I, should I, should I, should I? We have, oh God, tell me, God, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. What enables you to be the best man or woman of God that you possibly can be? But, 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 the job's going to allow me to buy a boat. What allows you to be the best man or woman possible for God? I don't, but, but you see, I get to buy that car I really wanted. 
if I do this thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get the toys are fun. But what allows you to be the best man or woman of God that you possibly can be? But I don't like that answer. I don't care. This is a filter in which you, the filters strain out stuff. Filters take away the things that are like, oh, that's not even on the table then, but I really wanted it. I know you really wanted it. I want fun stuff too. I want to do those things. I like me time. I have children. So if I'm going to be the best father I can possibly be, or selfish and do what I want to do, these things are going to collide, right? This is why I stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning. Finally, get the me time, right? This is why Kelly wakes up at 5 o'clock in the morning, because she knows I ain't going to be awake to bother her. <laughs> right? This is how this works, right? You get to set different priorities. Filters, Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Be moved a little bit. Be ch- just change a few things. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Totally Utterly different. We're talking moving from a PC to the promised land of a Mac. Okay, we're changing totally. Be transformed. All the techies in here got really offended by me, but that's okay. Uh, But to move, be totally transformed. There's a different way of thinking. This is what the kingdom of God looks like, operates like in our lives. And it's a step in which I think we're kind of reticent to take. We don't want to really take that. We want to dabble in what the kingdom of God has for us. We're like, no, that's nice. I'll take this life application process. Oh, that's a good one. I like that tweet. I like the, oh, the church looks cute. I'll go. I'll give them a tip. We dabble in it. But being part of the kingdom of God is totally being transformed. Wow. Being totally different. And so I started this series off with some of us kind of feel like our Jesus is broken. Like something's wrong in this moment. And I would go back to that and ask the question, have we allowed ourselves to be totally transformed by God? Totally stepping into what God is trying to teach us. Totally stepping into what it means to be part of the kingdom of God. That everything that we hear, everything that we speak is transformed into the filters of what God wants. Is it loving? Is it helpful? Is it true? That's a big, big life change. But it's one that affects our community. This is how we are part of the kingdom of God in our schools, at our workplace, in our homes. Some of you are praying this morning. You got Thanksgiving on Thursday. Don't know if you know that. Maybe it's a different day this week, but you're going to need a lot of Jesus to get through your Thanksgiving. You don't, don't raise your hands, but mm-hmm, I know I'm with, you know, <laughs> I, understand. I understand you need a lot of Jesus sometimes to get through the craziness that happens when your family gets together because that thing that was a filter that you would never say at work, well, that's your, 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 and World War III breaks out over the turkey. Right? And you need to know, how do I let the kingdom of God reside in my life this week so I can get through this holiday? I heard somebody on the radio, this, for some reason, everyone's nicer at Christmas. I think it's because people are getting gifts. But Thanksgiving, no one cares. They're just fighting over the drumsticks. I thought that was just really, really interesting. Somebody goes, this Thanksgiving, you may just need to walk around the block. I said, well, this person apparently does not live in the north. <laughs> but anyway, to be transformed.
transformed. We're not talking about baby steps. We're not talking about little things. Oh, little tweaks. I'll just tweak my life a little bit this way. And I'll tweak my life a little bit this week. What Paul is saying in the letter to Romans is that you can't just play in the world. You can't just act like them. You've got to be transformed by the way in which you're living your life. How do we do that? We love God with everything that we have. Heart, soul, strength, and mind. How else do we do it? We love our neighbor as ourself. We've boiled all the law down in these two things. They're huge. But how do we do it? We love him with everything we have, and we love our neighbor as ourself. All of it. Because there's a problem in the first century Christianity, and it's a problem here today, is that we build, they've built laws surrounding love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. They built all these laws. They built this law system to go along around it to protect it. Because we're always, we're of that kind of personality, right? How do I know? I want to have an objective answer to a subjective thing. Right? Subjective means it's kind of a feeling like, oh, how do we really grade it? You can't because it's subjective. Objective is standardized test. I check these things off the list. Right? The law is the standardized test of religion. Okay? And, but grace is the subjective test of religion. Mercy is subjective. Oh, I forgive you. Yeah, but did you, but did you, what does that look like, God? I forgive you. Yeah, but I, did, I what hoops did I jump through to make sure that that happens? No, no, I forgave you. It's as far as the east is from the west. I forgave you. But, but like, how do I know? Do I need to sacrifice a goat? Or like, can I like give so much money or volunteer so many hours? Or, you know, I was really a bad person. So I'll go pick out all the cigarette butts from the, from the, the parking lot. That's, that's what I'll do. I'll pay my penance in, in this moment. No, no, no. I forgave you. Yeah, but God, but how do I know that I actually am forgiven? Because I said so. But that's, yeah, but I feel like there should be a box I could check. Anybody else feel like I, I want to find that box? That's what the Old Testament law is. Congratulations. You're a Pharisee. <laughs> Gee whiz, Jared, it's Thanksgiving. This is supposed to be a nice message. Um, Like, that's how we are. What does Paul say to that mentality? He speaks to it because the same thing's happening back then. Romans 10.4, one of the most famous scriptures in theological terms in scripture. Christ is the culmination of the law. This word culmination is telos. He is the fulfillment, the completion, the all of it, the end of the law. That, That word culmination should be highlighted, underlined, circled, gold stars, stickers, I've underlined this passage so much in my, one of my Bibles, I can't read the scripture because I've underlined it too much. And I was like, well, that backfired. Good thing I kind of have it memorized now. But, you know, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. He fulfills it all. He checked all the boxes so you don't have to go check boxes. What Paul is talking about is, but you keep on going back trying to find the boxes so you can check them. Does that sound familiar to anybody? And so we build messy filters in which we're like, oh, well, I got I to gotta check this box and this box. And so I can have truth come in my life here. And I got to hold my foot right, right, right here. And I got to go to the, it's got to do, uh, and we're exhausted by stuff that Jesus is like, yeah, but I forgave you. And if you'd step into that, then you step into the kingdom of God. And I got something rewarding for you. I have something beautiful for you. I have something amazing for you. 
There's stuff you're supposed to be doing, and that ain't it. He's the end of the law. This is good news for bacon lovers everywhere. Because you know what's in the, in the old law? Is you can't eat bacon. You can't eat shrimp either. You can't eat lobster. There's a reason. There's a good reason those laws are in there. There's a fantastic reason in there. Before the FDA and good cooking practices, those things are nasty. They will make you sick. They are a pig. What does it eat? Trash. Shrimp. I don't know if you know this. I might ruin your appetite. But what they do is they are the garbage collectors of sinking ocean. So are lobsters. That is their job, to eat decaying carcasses. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, a pig and a possum are basically the same thing, except one's got bacon. That's the difference, right? <laughs> you guys are like, oh. Nobody's like, mm, that's spiral-cut possum. That's delicious. <laughs> Mm. Possums are actually more helpful, but that's okay. Um, I got a joke for you, a story for you. I'm not going to do it, Paul, because it doesn't belong here, but it's an awesome story. See, this is what goes on in my head. That's a great story, but that's not helping the kingdom of God. See, a filter. It worked. Be proud of me. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Applause for that. Thank you, folks. Gee, many Christmas. Uh, The bar is so low on that. uh, The kosher laws... Were there, they were these stumbling blocks. They were like, people were coming to Jesus. Gentiles were coming to Jesus. People that weren't Jews were coming to Jesus, and they're like, yeah, but you, got, you can't eat pig anymore. Like, mm. And you got to be circumcised. And the guys are like, I'm out. <laughs> like, I like grace, Jesus, but nope. <laughs> what is going on in the scripture? And Paul's like, no, 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 no. Those are the roadblocks, the things that we, that we checked off the list so we knew we were good Jews. We don't have to do that. What are the, there are things in our lives that we build, that there's boxes that we need to check to say, oh yeah, 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 I'm a good Christian today. And it's not out of the overflow of our heart. It's not out of who we are trying to be. It's not out of that we're trying to step into the kingdom of God and be who God has created us to be so that we are stepping into the, the good and perfect will of God. It is that I just want to be, I, I, I need to be right. And we put so much stuff into our life. We put so many things into our life that don't belong there. So many obligations, so many just falsities about God that we don't actually experience all the forgiveness and the mercy and the grace that he has for us. Because we think, we think we haven't checked that box well enough to have access to it. While we were yet sinners, while you were still messy, while you still were gross, fully in your sin, Christ died for you. That's not Jared making up something, that's scripture. So we need to be as a people, as a church, a group of people who say, you know what, I'm going to put past all the other stuff and I want to fully step into who God is for me. That he is my redeemer. That he's forgiven me. I'm created new. And with that, I'm stepping fully into the kingdom of God. In these laws, Paul does something interesting. When when Jesus takes, uh, culminates, fulfills all the law, it allows all these people that couldn't do stuff to start doing things. And you can imagine, there's some tension in Acts where Peter's all of a sudden like hanging out with people who eat pork and he's like, this is weird. Yeah, if you've ever been a part of something where like, I couldn't do this, 
but now I, now I, now I can. This is weird. And when I was growing up, there's huge, 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 huge push, and still it's a pretty big deal. But you true love weights. Everybody had a true love weights ring. Anybody that's 30 to 45 probably had a true love weights ring that was a Christian. Whether you waited until marriage to have sex or not, you still had a true love weights. Now, purity until marriage, big deal, really important. But it was ingrained into us. Every youth camp, every night at youth, everything that we did. Avon told me stories about our Sunday school teacher. It could be about Jonah and the whale. Yeah, but you need to wait until marriage to have sex. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, one of these things is not connected to the other, but okay. Um, yeah, it just was always about, always about, always about that. And so then you get to college and then you get married and you're like, okay, so what, what just changed and now we can, we can have sex? And like their premarital counsel or marital counseling of people at college or just good Christian kids who just all of a sudden got married and they're like, but we feel guilty. We feel, oh my gosh, I can't actually, ugh, I feel like I'm breaking the law. No, you're not breaking the law. And this is how this issue here is how we feel about so many stuff, so much stuff in, in, in Christianity. Like it's objective. Oh, like, I don't, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. You have complete forgiveness. Yeah, you can. You're, you, you can step fully into that. When Jesus is tell us of the law, it's like breaking it free. But because all things are permissible doesn't mean they're good. Take Thanksgiving for example. <laughs> just in case, or just because you can eat five pieces of pie doesn't mean you should. That's for me. It's not for anybody. It's for me. Oh, there you go. Just because you can tell off that relative doesn't mean you should. Just because you can be right in all your arguments doesn't mean you need to shove it down their throat. Just because dinner is at your house doesn't mean you get to be a jerk. I'm sorry about that one. It's true. Just because the, their, family doesn't, their family doesn't mean you get to take advantage of them. Just because, you know, these things are, yes, they're available to you. You don't need to step into that. I make that a joke about Thanksgiving, except we do the same thing all the time for our, the way in which we live our life. I can get away with that. I can say this. Jesus will forgive me. Yeah, he's forgiven you, but that's not kingdom of God living. Because the filters align. Is it true? Is it loving? Is it helpful? That's where we need to be. Because I want to be in the good and perfect will of God. That's where I want to live my life. And I want to zoom in on that. I want the overflow of my lips, of my facial expression, of my actions, the way in which I spend my money, or the way in which I, I, I use my time to be that of the will of God, expanding the kingdom of God. That that's my sole drive. That when I talk to my wife, I'm trying to bring out the best of the kingdom of God in her. When I discipline my kids, that I'm laying the foundation for them to be amazing people in the kingdom of God. When I work, that I am laying the foundation of the kingdom of God. When I make the person at the checkout counter at Home Depot laugh, that I am laying the foundation for the kingdom of God to work in their lives. When I coach at Whiteford, when I'm yelling at the umpire, I got to think, hey, you know what? This is not kingdom of God living. Dang it. But when I interact with parents, when I, when I encourage their children, how do I show them the kingdom of God in this moment at this time? Through it all, whether it's mundane as taking out the trash, to coaching a kid's team, to doing your job, 
to loving your wife, to be totally transformed. It's not dabbling. It's not a little bit. It's fully jumping in. I've got a feeling that we sometimes we play objective Christians. We check some boxes. But this morning, I want us to remove the old filters of our life and place the filters in our life of truth and of love and of help. We can live through these filters, and it gets a little exciting. Because um, how do you know? Okay, Jared, you got to give me something objective. I got to check some box. I understand that's an itch that you got to scratch. I have to have some sort of box I can check off. So I'm going to give you some boxes to check off. You're welcome. Okay, we're going to enter into some reflective time here in just a moment um, that I want you to, to be able to pray through this. But here it is before we, we, we start working through the reflectiveness of this. The filter of helping, when used correctly, leads to empowering. The filter of helping, when used correctly, leads to empowerment. Okay? So if you're always the helper, anybody here, you know you've got the gift of helps. You can raise your hand with this. You got, Kelly is, Kevin is this, Andy's this, whether he wants to raise his hand or not. Like, you know, Laura's this. Uh, you, that's your Koi Potter. You need something done, call that guy right there. He'll do it. Like yesterday. You're like, how did that get done? I don't even know. Koi was here. Oh, okay, got it. Stuff I've been hoping got done for like t- seven years here. He walks in, the church is done in life by the next Monday. I was like, oh, that was cool. Uh, that's awesome. It's a gift of helps. But what happens when that, the, this helping starts to become who you are and it's helping and it's helping and it's helping? If this next step of empowerment is what makes it kingdom of God living. You can be incredibly helpful, but if you're not empowering someone, you're not letting the kingdom of God flow through you. In my life this week, Bowen took a very, I don't know if he just wants to spend time with me, if he knows he's in big trouble and he's trying to suck up, I don't know what he's doing, but he wants to learn to cook this week. All of a sudden, it's the new thing. And so he made an amazing breakfast scramble yesterday. Um, But good for him. You know, he helped me with the cornbread. What else? He cooked something else yesterday. A grilled cheese and uh, something else. And the house is still standing, so praise to God. So he knows that I help by doing a lot of cooking in our home. I like to cook. And Bowen sees that. And you know what? If I say, no, no, Bowen, this is my thing. Go away. That's just me being helpful. But now that I'm teaching him to do it, I'm empowering him. This happens spiritually as well. This happens all kinds of different ways. That the filter of helping, when used correctly, leads to empowering. This happens over and over again in ministry. It happens over and over again in how we live our lives in our workplaces, in our marriages, in our families. When used incorrectly, it leads to control. Well, I did this, so you need to do this. Well, I did all these things, and now you need to uh, reciprocate. Well, I did the dishes, so you need this. Well, I did. It's not a cause and effect thing. If it's a cause and effect thing, that's control issues, not a filter of the kingdom of God. That makes sense? Some of you are like, well, well, let's not talk about this anymore. Because that's how we barter in my house. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you want more than that? The filter leads to empowerment, not to control. Filter of love, when used correctly, leads to forgiveness. Love forgives. Love forgives. It's what it does. 
When we say God is love, is God is forgetful in this. He forgets all the stuff that we've done. And that applies to us. To be transformed and renewed is to become forgetful in love. Yeah, but you don't know. God knows what you've done. He forgot it. The filter of love. (laughs) Something cool happened, apparently. Uh, The filter of love, when used correctly, leads to forgiveness. When used incorrectly, leads to manipulation. If you love me, you would do this. If you love me. Some of you have said those words. Some of you have them said to you. When used incorrectly, it leads to manipulation. The filter of truth, when used correctly, leads to teaching. The filter of truth, when used correctly, leads to teaching. We teach through it. If you know something, and it's true, and you hold on to it, you're just selfish. (laughs) But you teach with it. You teach with it. You teach with it. The filter when used of truth used incorrectly leads to condescension. I'm going to say it. Condescension. Yes. I've been saying condescension all week long. It does not lead to your glass being wet. It leads to condescension. Right? Talking down to. Oh, well, if you didn't. Well, if you knew what I knew. That's not helpful. Controlling, manipulation, and condescension is not kingdom of God living. It's the opposite. What that does, and here's a big, big takeaway for you, hopefully, is when we manipulate, when we try to control, when we talk down to, that's all about the kingdom of me, not the kingdom of God. And so if, if you are... You need, some of us need to just take a step back for just a second and go, how did that come across? How did that come out? How did that, how was that perceived? What was my heartbeat behind this? I was manipulating. I was talking down to. I, That's not the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of me. So I've got some uh, reflection thing, moments here in this moment. If you want to take out your phones, take out a piece of paper, whatever. If you need to journal through this, if you want to take pictures of the um, the questions up here so you can work through it uh, for the rest of the week. Uh, band, come on up. I just want to take some moments to quiet ourselves and to work through these. First question I have for you this morning is, this week, have your actions empowered or controlled? This week, if we're honest with ourselves, have they empowered others or have they controlled others? Have they tried to empower our spouses or our children or have they tried to control them? Have they empowered our, our work environment or have they controlled our work environment? And simply, what are you going to do about it? This week, have your actions taught or talked down to? What are you going to do about it? This week, have your actions been more forgiving or manipulating? What are you going to do about it? I don't want to be in a place 
in my life where I'm playing being a pastor, where I'm playing a role of being a Christian, where I'm playing a role of being a good husband, where I'm playing a role of being a father. I don't want to be an actor on different stages. I want what I do, what I say, what I what I speak into people's lives to be an overflow of what God has been transforming in my own life. And what that is, is stepping fully into the kingdom of God and allowing him to transform the filters of our life. That the voices and the the things that, that we consume and that speaks into us don't have to hold sway in us anymore. That the scripture and what God says about us is the preeminent, preeminent factor in who we are and how we live and how we love. This is the plan of Jesus to change the world, for people to live out what kingdom living looks like. For people like me and people like you to step up and be fully committed, fully bought in to say, God, I want to transform my mind and who I am to be your man or your woman. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today and thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. God, I thank you for each and every person who came here this morning. Lord, I ask you that that you would move in our lives, that you would remind us this week as we go about our day, we go about our, our work week, we go about all of our preparations, that we remember the filters of truth and love and help in our lives, that we would remember to empower people, to teach and to forgive that our lives would be transformed in such a way that we, we build up the kingdom of God in whatever facet we touch. Whether that's with saved people that we talk about or unsaved people that we're talking with. Whatever environment that we're put in, that we will be your man and your woman in that moment and in that time. That you would give us the strength to be strong in those moments, that you would give us the strength to have peace in those moments that you would take control of our tongues and our very, very facial expressions and how we love and how we communicate and how we care for the people that we come in contact this week. God, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe, and don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.